Today I want to talk a couple of minutes about understanding the joy of having God as our Heavenly Father. I want to read Psalm 68 verse 5. It goes as follows. A father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy habitation. A father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy habitation. Let's go a moment now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll read from verses 16 through 18. As we consider the fact that our Father recognizes those that have no fathers or have lost a father, and He is their Father. I, I, am, I am really humbled by that. I am encouraged greatly by that. But then the Apostle said that in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, he says, We're to be joyful always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. I add, this is the Heavenly Father's will for you in Jesus Christ. Because he said to us that he makes sure that whether we have a natural father or not, he is our Heavenly Father. So understanding that, having that revelation in mind, knowing that he doesn't leave us, that he doesn't forsake us, we can have joy always. In the good times and in the hard times. When you're successful, when you're not so successful. Because it comes to everybody, you know. You realize you get a small success or a large success and you have it today and you think you're big and bad now and suddenly, bam, something happens, it's gone. So we realize that there are good times and bad times. God promises to be with us in the good times and in the bad. And not only that, we have His resources. So we are to be joyful always, to pray continually. How in the world can I pray continually? Don't I say amen to my prayer and stop praying? No. That's an attitude of prayer. It's a lifestyle of prayer. It's a lifestyle of communication. Prayer is continual relational communication with Heavenly Father. That's what prayer is. So you don't stop praying. You just continue a dialogue. I don't say to my wife, honey, make me some eggs. Amen. <laughs> no, I continue dialoguing after I tell her to make the eggs. We sit down, we'll have coffee or tea, we'll take a walk, we'll continue dialoguing. It's a lifetime relational communication. And that's what we need to have with Almighty God. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all things, but in all things. We can give thanks because he's with us, because it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. Hallelujah. That's God's will. That's the Heavenly Father's will for us in Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open up the eyes of our understanding. May revelation knowledge flow freely today. And I pray that you would even um, have us to understand, even where we're at, that you are with us, that you are our Heavenly Father, that you love us. And uh, I thank you that you already have a strategy for us. Not to take us out of it, but to push us through it, to pull us through it victoriously. And at the same time, to be able to pick up wisdom while we're going through it, to pick up strength, encouragement, and maturity. Father, we thank you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Joy is an interesting thing because joy, to a great extent, you can't hide it. When a person is happy, they emote. When a person is happy, they'll show it. We love comedy because it makes us laugh, makes us smile, makes us feel better. When we're, when we're smiling, something happens on the inside. It's just like an energy, you get an energy. Have you ever been angry or upset and somebody comes at you and, and makes you laugh? 
my, my wife would do that, especially in our earlier days. You know, I would get angry, I'd get all bent out of shape, and she'd do something funny, make a face or something like that, uncharacteristic of her. She would just do something, and, and, and I would start laughing. But as soon as I started laughing, I couldn't be angry anymore. Has that ever happened to you? You didn't even want to laugh. No, I want to keep my anger a little longer. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. Don't make me laugh. Because you knew that the moment you laugh, it's over. That's it. Right. It's, it, it's so true. But joy, to a great extent, comes from expectation. You expect something. You just know something good is going to happen. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke to you. I, I, told, I, I took like probably the hardest test that I've taken. Um, they're considering me as an instructor, and they made me take a test. And then what further complicated the matter was they said, we have no problem. We know Victor's going to pass. We have no problem. Meanwhile, myself, I'm saying, oh, that's unfair. What if I fail? Now, I'm, I'm going to look like a fool now. Right? So for two weeks, I had been sweating it. That's what the teenagers say now, right? Is it true or what? <laughs> Everybody, what would you say? Yeah. Isn't it the way you talk? All right. So, you know, oh, we understand that. At least make believe you understand. All right. So I, w I had some anxiety. All right. So I'm going through it. So I finally couldn't take it anymore. Because uh, the place where uh, I, uh, I work with, uh, the corporations I work with, didn't have any answers. They didn't, they're making us wait. Okay. So I called the people directly. I said, listen, I need to know this. Because they're offering me uh, another job. Uh, so on top of the, all the ones I have, they want to give me another job. Which is cool. Now I can work like five jobs instead of four, right? <laughs> so but the only thing, I, my wife likes the checks at the end of the week. So that's why I need to do that. None of the wives laughed. Well, she does. She likes the checks. Something happens. So she could be real serious. Suddenly I give her a check. She goes, oh, thank you, honey. Her you know, body wiggles and she gets happy. I don't. I, I cry on the inside. <laughs> so I asked the person. I'm anxious. I'm worried. I asked the person, listen, can you please give me my test score, I need to know, because I need to tell these people whether I'm, I can work with them or not. I said, okay, let me see if I can help you. So after about four or five minutes, he came back, he says, Mr. Nazario, I just want to let you know that you got a 90. So, so I went, I went, hold on a second, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> well, anyway, something like that, you know, or at least in my mind, I did that in my mind. I was very happy. Now, no, nobody else knows, but I'm talking to them and see, I'm happy now. I have expectancy that when they get the score, they're going to say, oh yeah, we knew it all along. You know? And of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but before I didn't have that expectation, so I was worried. But now that I have expectation, I have joy. See? And it's the same thing in everything in life. When you have expectation of something, you know that something good is going to come out of it, you can have joy, even if you're going through a difficult time. Some of you are going through school. You know, right now is these, uh, not midterms, but the finals. You go, who here is going through finals right now? Right? But you know that the expectation is summer is on its way, right? So you're happy, even though you have to go through that. You know you get a couple of weeks off, right? Yeah, and then I smile. She's smiling. Yeah. She's got that expectation. But some of us have other types of expectation. But the greatest expectation is when you know that God's going to work it out on your behalf. Amen. He's with you. So this type of relationship causes joy. It also causes thankfulness, especially when you've been through a difficult time. When you have something and you lose it and you get it back, the second time around, you appreciate it a lot more. If you never had a loss, you know, and you've always had a lot of money, for example, you don't understand the value of it. 
But if you have it and you lose it, and then you get it back, wow, now suddenly there's an, a, a joy and appreciation that you didn't have before. So I, I'm grateful to God for everything that He gives me. Because it's a realization that you have been given something of value. So say to your neighbor, God has given us value. Relational value, positional value, influential value, eternal value. He's given us all of that out of relationship. He's my heavenly father and he gives me all that because he wants to, because he loves me. So my response is, I receive it. I'm blessed. I'm a child of the king. I'm a co-laborer with him. I'm a co-heir with Christ. Who of you would be sad if your mother or father or brother hits like the mega lotto? Who of you would say, you shouldn't have gotten that, it shouldn't it should have been me? Who of you would be sad? Lift up your hands so I could pray for you right now. You wouldn't, you know why? Because if they won, by extension, because we family. <laughs> Everybody that hits the lotto finds out they have a lot of family. Your uncles come out, you know, you're popping them and your mom and them, they all come out. Right? Because, hey, family shares benefits. You find out you have second and third and fourth uncles of your third aunt, of your second, you, you know what I mean? Well, anyway. But in the kingdom of God, that's the way it is. We share that relationship with Almighty God because he's, he's our Heavenly Father. We have the right to enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. We don't have to come, oh, God, I'm, I'm a worm. I'm, I'm a nasty, ugly sinner. No, you're a child of the king. And you have the right to receive the benefits of Almighty God. So the first, first thing I'm thankful for is that God is my Heavenly Father. I'm thankful for that. That's, wow, there's nothing better than that. He's my Heavenly Father. The word Ab in the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew word Ab, we get the word Abba from, and the Greek word Pater or, or Pater means the source, the patriarch, the one, the first one. So everything comes from him. We all come from him. I remember uh, Dr. Miles Monroe years ago said something that always stuck with me. He said when he created Adam, the first man, the, the source of all other men and women, what he did was he built Adam's body, then he put you and me and our children, our grandchildren, he put Abraham and Isaac and Moses and Jesus uh, and, and, and everybody else in that body, everyone that will ever exist in that body, right, in its potential form, finished the job, sealed them up, breathed on them, then he said, now go start what I already finished. I love that. He's the source, and, and he sourced Adam with everything he needed. And in the same way, when he makes you, you are special and unique. You are also a source. Because God is a source, he creates others that, have, that become a source. You are a source of children, of grandchildren. You're also a source of culture. You're a source of a community. Because many times you'll start something, and a hundred years from now, they'll be quoting you. You know, you might take a community that was all beat up and get involved and help to um, restore it. And a hundred years from now, they might have your, your name on a street. Why? You were the source of the beginning of something new. Each and every one of you are absolutely unique and you're the source of something new because you're created from a being that he starts things. So he created you to start things. So say to your neighbor, man, you're vital. So if we're born originals, 
don't die a copy. Because God is original and God creates originals. And then what I love about a father or source or patriarch is whatever father creates, he takes responsibility over. The word responsibility means response, ability. He has the ability to respond to all of our needs. I love that about Heavenly Father. And He does. He takes responsibility. The other part of responsibility is that He's there. He's faithful. He does not walk away from it. And in the same way, He gives us that ability also to be responsible for everything around you. And you fathers, and you fathers-to-be, need to understand that. That when He created you, He thought about the people you'll be living among. He thought about your children and grandchildren. He says, I'm sending this man over so he could be responsible. Like me, I'm going to make him responsible. I'm going to make him an extension of me on earth. Wow. So take a look at a man and say, wow, you have an important role here in life. He takes responsibility for his sons and daughters. And then the other thing is, he never forsakes us nor leaves us. He's always with us. So the second point is I'm appreciative that not only he's my father, but that he made me a father too. Every man here in your potential form, you're a father. And, and like that video said, that even if you're not a natural father, you're also a spiritual father. You can be a mentor or you can help to father other young men and women and help them make a difference in their lives. Even to this day, I still remember those men and women who impacted me in my teenage years. I will never forget them. I still remember their names. And you know me with names sometimes. Sometimes I look at the mirror, I go, uh, 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 uh. you know, I, I have sometimes difficulty with names. How many of you have that problem? <laughs> it's, ah, I don't think that way. If I, if I need to remember a name, I'll just ask her. She knows names. But I appreciate that he made me a father also. I have that anointing and that, that gifting. So I have natural children and I have spiritual children. So every day I go to him, I say, give me wisdom. Lord, help me. Because each situation is different. Each scenario is unique. We, we can't just cookie cutter minister to people. It's, everything is unique because every person is unique. And then the third thing I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for my family. Because God gave me a family. He connected me to a family and he connected me to an extended family. I have a wife, I have children, I have a beautiful mother over there. Mom, I want to boast on you a bit. How you doing? You just go like that. Let, let, just go like that. There you go. That's mom right there. Yeah. See, now you know where I get my good looks, you know. Hallelujah. Dad's already in heaven. You know, he, he, he went with, uh, with Heavenly Father, so I remember him. And um, rem remember the good times, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I says, okay, let me learn from this, let me learn from that. And I appreciate, you know, there were key times where both he and, and mom helped my wife and I to be able to, you know, to give me that little, that little push. And I thank God for it. Appreciate it. More than words can say. So I thank God for family. My family gives me value and affirmation. My family helps me to press to be all that I should be. Yesterday we were talking to the men. He says, man, you really need to get over yourself and really push ahead for your children and children's children's sake. It's a lot more than just getting that hot car or that hot mama. Many men, that's all they care about. But you've got to get over that, get beyond that. You have to leave a legacy. Everything around you, you need to take responsibility for because you have that anointing and that grace gifting uh, to be a father. They expand my horizons, my family does, and they give me love. And I appreciate that more than words can say. 
And the fourth thing I'm thankful for is that He's with us in every difficulty. Not just the good times, but He's also with us in the hard times. And I realized that He helped me to overcome some issues. He helped me to work through the issues. At one point I would pray, Oh God, take me out of this. Take me away from this. But I no longer do that. And I say, Lord, help me to go through this and to learn and to continue to mature. Because the things that bother you, you're still growing in that. Only my wife said amen on that one. All right, let, let's, say, let's say you take 20 pound weights and you do five reps and, and your, your arms are just really tired. Your biceps can't take anymore. All right, but you keep on doing that every day. After six months, I guarantee you, you won't be doing eight reps or 10 reps. You'll be doing 40 to 50 reps. See, so now you'll be able to do eight reps. It won't hurt you at all. Why? Because your muscle matured to that level. So what happens is the things that don't bother you anymore means that you matured emotionally physically, experientially, and now you can take that. Now God says, now let me push you higher, let me take you higher, let me take you deeper, because now you need to minister at another level. Every new level has a different devil, has a bigger devil. So it hurts us every time we go higher. Every time we, we have another responsibility, it takes us higher. So I realize that difficulty is a very good thing for me, because I don't grow in the quiet, prosperous times. I just ride. I, I just chill through the process. I enjoy the process, right? It's in the difficult times that I'm forced to dig in, to push through, to take it. Sometimes, you know, when I've had to take uh, some correction, oh, you, uh, you know, I'm not like you guys. You guys love taking correction. But not me, man. I, I'm still growing in that area, I recognize. But yet, it's been those times that have helped me to grow. And uh, one gentleman named uh, Dennis Waitley said, it's a psychological fact that we cherish most what we have worked hardest to gain. The further we have come, the sweeter the celebration at the destination when we arrive. One person named Peter Marshall said, when we long for life without difficulties, remind us that oaks grow strong in contrary winds and diamonds are made under pressure. Mm. Horace years ago said, adversity has the effect of eliciting talents which in prosperous circumstances would have lain dormant. So adversity, thank you Lord for adversity. It helps me to be more than I am currently. So let's not go through difficulties, let's grow through difficulties. And let's understand that our Heavenly Father is with us. Some things about difficulties and challenges is that our worth is based on the difficulties that we were able to overcome. Our worth is also based on the, on the difficulties that we can help others with. So difficulties aren't a bad thing. Difficulties are actually opportunities hidden in hard work. While everybody's fretting and, and anxiety written and afraid, you come in and save the day and help them. So no problem, I'll take care of this. You now become a hero among your peers. If you uh, want to be elected in a community, fix some of the problems in the community. Right. And then when you get in your podium, podium, you'll say, I'm the one that fixed this. I'm the one that got that street light put up where the children you know, were run over by you know, the cars. I'm the one that signed this legis legislation and got some funding for that after school center. Guess who they're going to vote for? The person that solved that difficulty or that challenge in that community. So don't worry about difficulties. Enjoy them overcome them, defeat them, because it's you and Heavenly Father working together. Another, another thing about difficulties is that's when we change. We don't change when things are comfortable. 
We tend to change when we're challenged. That's when we change. And I love difficulties because difficulties are the times that bring people together. You know there's a tragedy somewhere in the United States. People will fly all, from all over the United States to help another state. Some of you belong to some of these organizations. You'll fly all the way at your own expense and you'll volunteer and help feed people and help rebuild houses. Why? Because difficulty brings people together. And, and so, so on and so forth. There's so many different reasons why difficulties are so good. But the issue is, and the point I want to bring you, is God is with you in the midst of your difficulty. So say that to your neighbor. God is with you in the midst of your difficulties. Amen. Fourth thing is I'm thankful for being part of my family in Christ. I appreciate my family and I appreciate each and every one of you. There's no other place I would rather be. This is where I want to be. I was, I was invited to be in another place. I was invited to preach in a church today. I love going to other churches and ministering the word and sharing fellowship with, with the body of Christ. But today I said no. I want to do it. I want to be with my church family. I want to be with my family. Amen. No other place I would rather be. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm a son of God. And I'm thankful that now you're my brother and sister in Christ. God told Joshua that he was not to enter alone. When God spoke to Joshua, he says, you're going to have the people of God enter with you into the promised land. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not entering alone. I'm entering with all of you. We're entering together. We're, we're having these victories together. We're leaving a legacy together. Amen. Good place to say amen right there. We're leaving a legacy together. I thank God that I don't have to do this alone. It would be too much work to do it alone. I wouldn't have even bothered to do this if it was not with you. Hallelujah. So I thank God for that. I love family because whatever I don't have, my brother or sister does have. I, I am their answer and they are my answer. Another thing is since I love you and respect you, I attract all that you have. Remember the, uh, the winning the lotto thing? We attract the benefits of each other. Yeah, because it's not just a lotto. If you have a gifting, if you have a, a, a specialty in an area... I don't need to go pay $500 an hour. I could just ask you here on Sunday. Right. Hallelujah, worship you, Lord. Amen. Listen, what's the legal term for this over here? I mean, oh, man, okay, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, I'm so grateful. I mean, you're just right there. <laughs> yeah. The other day I was, I was in a church. I'm, I'm worshiping the Lord. And, and they said, okay, hold each other's hands. I, I, we were holding each other's hands. I think I've said this before, but for the sake of the point, I want to repeat it. So I, we hold each other's hands. I look at my, my, my brother here, and I look at my sister here. And then I look again, and I look at the third time. It was Angela Bassett. And she's fellowshipping, worship the Lord. So I went, okay, hallelujah, glory to God. I mean, I mean, that was so cool, man. To, to, that's, she's my sister in Christ. So family, we have a very large family. Amen. You know, maybe I should get into acting. You know, my sister's in that. You know, give me like a little part. You know, I'll carry your bags on TV. You know, I could see myself in a major motion picture. She's there carrying the bags. I'll be I'll be carrying the bags like this. <laughs> I don't think they'll. I think they'll edit that part though. <laughs> Another thing about family that I love is that we pray for each other. And you know, there's power in prayer. There is so much power in prayer. Your prayer has upheld me. There's been many times where my wife's been praying for me, my children have been praying for me, but your prayers have also helped to uphold me. 
and you've prayed for my family, and we've prayed for you. So there is power in family. So I thank God that He's connected me to the, to the body of Christ. So the last point I, I want to make is, are we all part of that family? Now, don't say yes automatically. See, because Jesus made it very clear. He says, I am the connector. It comes through me. See, many people think they could become part of the family of God by praying to a rock. Or, or by praying for, to a statue. No. His name is Jesus. He is the door. He is the way, the truth, and the life. When he died on the cross, he said it is finished. What was finished? He connected humanity with the Father. So when we trust in him, when we believe in Jesus, when we say, Jesus... Connect me with the family. There is a supernatural adoption that takes place. The Bible calls it an adoption. He says, we were not a people of God, but now we have become the people of God. God himself, he says, I will be their father and they will be my children. He says, so come out from among them. Turn not, you know, turn, turn not away. I will receive you as son and daughter. See, so he is appealing to you. He's right now in the legal office and there's a lawyer there. And, and there's a lawyer fighting against your adoption, and there's a lawyer for your adoption. In, in, in the scripture, it says that God is the just judge. Besides being a heavenly father, he's the just judge. And the devil is the prosecuting attorney. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. But Jesus, by, by the extension of the Holy Spirit, is the, 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 the lawyer that fights for us. It's called an advocate. He is our holy advocate. So he's right there, and the adoption's ready to be done, the papers are there, and the prosecuting attorney says, he's not worthy, she's not worthy. He messed up here, he messed up there. It doesn't look, uh, he won't mix with your family. He's got too much going on in his life. She's got too much going on in her life. So the, the judge looks at it, he says, true, there's overwhelming evidence that precludes him or her for entering the family or, or being adopted into the family. But then the advocate Jesus says, well, uh, Father, I have something to say. Uh, judge, I have something to say. He says, I died for all of humanity. And he believes in me. She believes in me. They've received me as Savior. They've received me as Lord. So the judge looks at the, the evidence, all the sins, all the mistakes, all the problems, the history, the family, the problem, all the issues. He looks at it. Then he weighs what Jesus did on the cross. <clears throat> and then the judge goes, Boom. Settled, he's adopted, she's adopted. Hallelujah. Amen. So with all of that, I'm very grateful. Because I did not have to go to the cross myself. Because I would have never been able to be an adequate sacrifice. Because I had issues in my bloodline. Whereas Jesus was born holy, holy, holy. He didn't have, he was not born by a male here on earth who was tainted with the sin in his bloodline. He was born by the Holy Spirit. He was holy. So we went on the cross, he was absolutely sinless. And the Bible says he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So as Heavenly Father, he's the perfect, not only sacrifice, he's the perfect brother, he's the perfect uh, Lord, he's the perfect Savior. He was the perfect Lamb of God. And then to top it off, when he died, they didn't kill him. He gave his life. On the third day, he, t he just took his life back again. Over 500 people witnessed this. They wrote about it in the annals of history. There are actually writings of many men 
that wrote about him coming back and I'm seeing him throughout a process of 40 days before he's taken up to heaven. So there's overwhelming proof of the fact that he, not only did he die, he rose again. No other religion can boast that. No other religion or religious leader can say they have power over death, hell, and the grave, except Jesus. So when we come to Jesus, we're not just receiving a Messiah, we're, we're receiving the Messiah. And, and he's the only one authorized to deal in heavenly court and allow us the right to go from those who are not the family of God to becoming the family of God. You have the legal right, the legal authority, the spiritual right, the spiritual authority, and then it's vested with supernatural and eternal power. Case closed. I win. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 making a, I'm making light of it, but this is the most profound truth in the world. There's nothing more important than this. So today I celebrate each and every one of you. But I make that point. Are you family? You have to go to the office. And it's not a complicated process. You don't have to fill out a lot of documents. You just have to go to Heavenly Father. And say, I, re I receive Jesus as Lord. I believe in Him. I, I take that sacrifice. I receive Him as Lord and Savior. And then the Father says, well then you belong to me. And then He translates you from the power of darkness to the kingdom of His dear Son. And you become son, you become daughter. Bye.